0: Hello there, welcome to episode number 42, 43 Fucking hell, I didn't change the script I changed it at the top, didn't change it in the thing that I read, Gaz I'm like fucking Ron Burgundy I just <laughs> just read what's in front of me I'm Ron, what... <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy I'm Ron Burgundy It is episode 43 of True Cop Pop Thanks very much for joining us once again It's me, Stephen Hill You've heard the dulcet tones and the, the, the warm, rustic laugh of Mr. Gaz Jones He's in the fucking house with us How you doing, mate?
1: It's not Tom Davis, it is Gaz Jones. It is, yeah. I'd just like to clarify that for um, a certain someone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my girlfriend said you said it. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, look, on the show this week, we've got a pretty cool show coming up. We're going to be talking about new music from Seven Dust, Guided by Voices, Nas and J-Jell. Plus, I sat down and had a chat with two members from two of my favourite old bands who are now... Two members from one of my favorite new heavy bands. Mm. It's only Jordan Buckley and Greg Pacciotto, formerly of Every Time I Die and The Diligent Escape Plan, and now members of Better Lovers. We spoke about the Better Lovers EP uh, a couple of weeks ago now and said how fucking fucking great it was.
1: Have not stopped listening to it. Bangers man. I
0: need to see this shit live. I need to see it live. Well, they're coming. Come on. They're coming, come on. They're coming yeah. over. And uh, there's a video we talk about, you know, a little spoiler for the chat later on. Uh, we talk about the the video that kind of went up for their first ever show, mm. kind of got live streamed. And mm. it, yeah, uh, anyway. So oh, yeah, Jordan and Greg are coming up in a little bit. Um, We've got maybe the most extreme Healy watch of all time. That's <laughs> yeah. Matty Healy, the shit, tries to stick up for someone uh lots of people marginalized people and gets uh shouted down because of it but before i go into the patron sting which is going to be a weird um a weird transition i feel uh, i'm going to stick this in straight away we about this time last night heard the news the breaking news regarding the death of Sinead O'Connor um so Sinead O'Connor uh, passed away on the 26th of July if you want the, the date if you are listen to this uh, i 2023 at the age of 56 um now that's all we have so far and I'm gonna say right now we will not be speculating as to any kind of cause of death I think if you know a bit about Sinead O'Connor and the various mental health troubles that she has been through throughout her life and you know particularly the Horrible heartbreaking situation that happened with her son last year I'm sure when you heard this your heart probably sunk a bit That's all I'm really gonna say because we don't know um, And we're not going to speculate But Sinead O'Connor is someone who has been um, deeply troubled uh, over her pretty much her entire career really in terms of her mental health in terms of being attacked by various groups be that religious or you know just kind of filthy tabloid scumbags (laughs) and throughout it all she maintained what i think is an incredibly dignified even kind of what's the word i would be looking for like a she she fronted up to the bullies to, to everyone and anyone and then some and yeah And for that alone, for that alone, I think Sinead O'Connor is somebody who we should absolutely celebrate as a fucking ballsy, righteous, punk rock fucking icon Mm -hmm. of our time. And that's before we even get into her as a musician. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know or I have heard every single Sinead O'Connor album. The truth is, I have heard um probably the first three are mm. the only ones that I'm really quite familiar with. The line in the Cobra, her debut album from 1987. I mean you you're a bit older than me, Gaz, I'm sure I'm sure you remember um Mandinka oh, coming out. Yeah.
1: I'm, what a yeah. tune. What an absolute banger. It's yeah. it's and, an incredible kind of 80s shimmering indie pop tune. Yeah. It's
0: wonderful. It really is. Yeah, st- yeah, and it still mean,
1: sounds incredible.
0: Yeah, there's some fucking just absolutely brilliant and quite ahead of their time sounding songs mm-hmm. on that record. Yeah. I think, you know, there's there's it is essentially a kind of singer-songwriter 80s soulful, folky pop album. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. uh, uh, you know, when we talked about everything but the girl we um we brought up the sophisti-pop And I think you could maybe kind of edge that record into that, Um, but I think it's almost—I think it's almost more alternative and Mm. uh, raw-sounding than any of those artists really ever ever got to be. Um, And it's because of Sinead O'Connor's performance on it. It's a really, really brilliant record. But I mean, that was apart from, I guess, a couple of singles, that wasn't the first time I really become aware of of her. I, I probably like every. Person who was ten in uh, <laughs> March of you know nineteen ninety will remember seeing the video to Nothing Compares to You, which is obviously going to be her kind of it's 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 her iconic musical moment of her career without question, one of the all time great great covers, and uh, the video has gone into legend as one of the most famous, one of the most iconic one of the most evocative um, pieces of music media ever ever I think that's 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 not over egging the pudding at all is it I don't think god no
1: it's it's beyond like a standard that that song I mean for many years I I, I genuinely didn't know it was a Prince cover mm. you know just being Young and ignorant and pre-internet, so you just didn't know this shit. Um, but it's, like, even, you know, it, it was never kind of a song that I'd purposely go and seek out, you know, because it was, you know, it was just, fucking, that song was everywhere. But when you do hear it, it still kind of stops you in your tracks. you like, oh, fuck me, man. One of the ultimate powerhouse vocal performances of all time. Of all time. It's um, and it it kind of, I mean, it did completely overshadow kind of everything else musically she ever did. I mean, for me personally, my favourite kind of Shania Connor album is is the, was the follow up to that, which is um, "Am I Not Your Girl" from '92, yeah, which was essentially like a big band jazz kind of smoky jazz kind of covers album, um. But the yeah the um that's no, an incredible version, don't cry for me Argentina on there, but su- success has yeah. made a failure of our home. that was I, I sent you a link to that last night, and I just think it's mm. it's just it's beyond perfection that is it, it it's fucking incredible, but you know it was also at that time when kind of things that she was you know doing on live American TV just completely overshadowed by like, everything mm. she was putting down on tape. You
0: know, yeah. You know. I mean the infamous incident regarding her ripping up a photo of the pope on hmm. Saturday night live still seems shocking I think to this day just the, the matter of fact way yeah. that she does it you know her eyes are so piercing and full of anger and she, it's it's so like fucking furiously unapologetic there's also a clip, which I actually meant to send you this, because I don't know if you've seen it before. You may well have already seen it before. But but not long after that, there was a Bob Dylan tribute gig. Yeah, I've seen that. Bob Dylan tribute gig when he's alive. But at Madison Square Garden, mm. and Sinead O'Connor walked on to sing, and she was basically booed yeah. by a large percentage yeah. of Madison Square yeah. Garden for fucking ages. Yeah. And you have to think, like, what are a Bob Dylan crowd doing, booing someone mm. who's protesting in this manner it was really weird yeah so weird yeah but Sinead O'Connor stood there and the song she was going to play started and then she's like no I'm gonna stop it and she stops it and she just does this a cappella version of um the the same thing that she did on Saturday night just kind of does it like doubles down on on everything and it's like "Core." she was 26 26 years old in the most in in like early 90s rock Mm. like old white man early 90s rock and you are a 26 year old girl with a shaved head from ireland stood on a stage with bob dylan and chris christopherson and you stare these fucking people down and just give it to them both barrels it's incredible if you get the chance to you know look that up yeah it's amazing it's so powerful it's it's really amazing and um you know, my I have to. You know, to be perfectly honest, I I would say you know my, my mum was like I think like most people in Britain. Yeah. I do I do not want what I haven't got. Yeah. I didn't buy it. My mum bought it, yeah. so he had a copy in the house that she would play. I think a, I think episodes. a lot.
1: I think a lot of mums bought that in 1990. To be fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And it was it was one of those where it's kind of it it, it lives inside me by kind of. Um, you, you know just kind of it, it's just sort of seeped its way into yeah. like, without me kind of knowing it yeah. in a lot of ways and i think you know we to go back we can go back to the other album as well because i have heard that as one as well but i think like my mom bought that as well and she was a bit like oh i don't like it as much hmm. i don't think she was that like, into like jazz yeah. sort of stuff but i think it's sounds like black coffee that version of black yeah, Coffee" is great it's like really fucking great but i mean i think i do not want what i haven't, what I haven't got is is just a fucking amazing record and it's such as an incredible stylistic jump from her debut record yeah. uh when you think you know i think a song a song like i'm stretched on your grave which you go from feel so different which is a really beautiful song into i'm stretched on your grave which i mean almost she's almost bringing in i've actually like weirdly seen seemed like biz markey was someone who paid tribute to her on twitter earlier mm. and she almost brings in like there that you wouldn't think sinead o'connor and hip-hop would be obvious bedfellows. But because of how she was as a person, mm. and she almost brought in a bit of that kind of, um, that boom-back, big beat kind of thing yeah. to cer- certain parts of her music, um, which no artists from this scene were doing at all. No, not no, at, at all.
1: No, I mean, I mean, not at all. I mean, she did an amazing um, collaboration with Bomb the Bass, uh, yeah. Empire. You know, mm. No one was doing that kind of shit at the time. Really?
0: You know. No. No no, not at all. And I mean whack on a song like The Last Day of Our Acquaintance yeah. Um towards the end of that record, I just think it's like a fucking absolutely beautiful, beautiful song. She conveyed heartache in such a real way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I I feel like she didn't I say conveyed it, I think she just lived it out, you know. I think what you were hearing on her records, and again, I am far from an expert on the entirety of Shinoda Connor's back catalogue. I am a first three album man. Let's even think, because '94 Universal Mother, I do remember that. Coming yeah, up. What was this? that. What is that this thank you for track? hearing me. Thank you for yeah, hearing great me. Great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that, yeah. and Fire and Babylon as yeah. well. I remember those two tracks actually. Yeah, but I didn't. I never listened to the. Um, I never listened to the album in full, uh, and I just you know was listening to different stuff at that point, but. I never, you, you just don't stop having respect. Like, Sinead Connor didn't want to be a pop star. I think no. she was quite clear that she had no interest in being a pop star, and she had no interest in, you know, kind of playing the music industry game. Um, but, ev- and so, you know, I was probably a bit less exposed to it, but stuff like, I remember seeing Woodstock 94, I think she played Woodstock 94, mm. and they showed um, some footage of her playing that, uh, when it was on BBC one night. And mm. again, she's just like, did not give a fuck about mm. what people thought about her, how people looked at her, how people kind of, you know, she wouldn't take shit from anyone. And like, I know people say that a lot. Like, oh, we don't take any shit, but Sinead O'Connor really didn't take any shit. Uh, it's, it's so sad, man. Yeah, it really is. It's so sad that, you know, that she's um that it's taken this it's you know i don't know if you saw do you see what morrissey said
1: no okay right. what did he say Mor-
0: something morrissey does, said does uh, something really yeah.
1: bang out of order i'm guessing
0: well i mean he basically said all of you in the music industry are now paying a tribute to sinead o'connor you never supported her when you're alive and oh okay you hate to say it's kind of valid. It, but he's he's kind of got a point yeah. right it's kind of got a point. I, feel, I mean, you know.
1: I feel dirty even just saying that. Yeah, I agree mm. with Morrissey. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <Yeah. Ugh. laughs> oh, dear. But, you
0: know, I mean, it is a thing. I think I think she's, you know, she's... All of the coverage I remember seeing about her in the last decade or so, and she has kind of popped up a fair bit. Yeah. You know, due to various things. You know, I've, I think she was on... Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan. I think Piers Morgan was like sort of sneering at her a bit, and I was like, Ugh, Ugh. "Don't like this." No. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just think it's um, it's sad that it's taken this to, for a bunch of people to who will probably now go and check her music out. Yeah, I know. And maybe I'm guilty of it, you know. I like I say, I've not heard some of the like yeah. a, the majority of her of her back yeah. catalogue but I do think those first three albums I mean the first two albums I really really love yeah. uh, I'll I go first, first three should go back to it. Yeah. definitely first, first three, three Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Any, uh, any other thoughts you want to add to that at all guys
1: <sighs> just go listen to the music and if you haven't listened to Sinead O'Connor in a while you know as sad as it is that she's passed away kind of use this as like a reminder of how fucking powerful her music will always be and just yeah just go just just go and listen to it just start with the first album just go through just go through just go through the back catalogue there's, there's so much incredible stuff she was such an incredibly powerful strong woman in a scene just full of antiquated Old white men, and she fought them all, and it
0: was f- scared the shit out. of And them it was man.
1: fucking awesome. It was. It was brilliant. She scared the yeah. shit out of people. It was great. Mm. You know. Yeah. She paved the way for a lot of people.
0: That, ugh, mate, yeah, unquestionably. Yeah,
1: you know, she really did.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, it's a it's a it's a it's a really kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. No, it is, it um. Is. And um, you know her memoirs came out uh in the in summer of twenty twenty one. Yeah, I want to say twenty twenty one. And I've not read it, but no. the reviews of that are yeah. uh, you know apparently it's it's you know really really incredible, but also really funny as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, I, I again you know yeah Mo, Morrissey, you might have me fucking bang to rights here because <laughs> I've never I've never mentioned Sinead O'Connor of. I'm not even other than sort of seeing her and being like ah oh, Sinead Con fucking cool. Mm. I've I've not really, you know, gone yeah. on the other records. So yeah. But I, I do think she is she's such a in you know, in the in the eighties and nineties in in an era where there were so many massive superstar personalities yeah. every everywhere in the music scene. Yeah, every single part of the yep. music scene. For Sinead O'Connor to be so memorable is a hell of an achievement. So um yeah r i p to uh to to one of the fucking punkest yeah no fucks given human beings that we've ever seen um anyway let's move on uh as i said I was going to point you in the direction of our patreon page i will do that very very quickly patreon.com forward slash true cop pop if you'd like to sign up for the exclusive material we do over there this coming saturday we have recorded the podcast uh as suggested by chris hidden hey chris it's been a while mate sorry sorry it took so long to do one of your suggestions but you did suggest a banger of a oh record yes. <laughs> 17 going under by sam fender uh we went in uh I think we did about an, about an hour mm. about that record. Yeah, about an hour. Yeah, yeah. Which for an album that's only been out for it's not even two years mm. yet, is it? No, no, not even two years.
1: No, no, like no, it, yeah. no spoilers. But um, I do generally think it is a modern classic, and mm. it'll you know maybe in a couple of years we could do like a full deep dive on it because I think it th- yeah. thoroughly warrants that. It's yeah. it's a fucking glorious album. It really, really is, and I, I, you know, and I know I've turned you onto it, and you know, I'm stoked that you you love it as as much as I do. You know,
0: I think the the thing I said was uh, spoiler for when you hear it tomorrow. If you're listening to it the, mm. the day after this podcast goes out, um, when it comes out, <laughs> one of the first things I said was I'd sort of gone ah, and no, I won't go to Reading, and then yeah. I properly rinsed that Sam Fender album. Yeah. Now I'm like, even if it's just the Friday mm. bicep into loyal Karna, mm. into foals into sam fender now looks like a hell of a run yeah really so i think does. i'm going to do that i think you should um anyway we also did if you sign up for our five pound a month tier gave you a beginner's guide to entombed the swedish death and roll legends that happened that came out we um horns raised our horns yeah. and uh, <laughs> and had a fucking <laughs> lovely time discussing what is for my money one of the most important bands in the history of extreme metal i fucking love entombed and yeah we had a we had a we had a fucking hell of a time dinner it was banging wasn't it it was
1: great like i said one of the most influential bands in heavy music but also one of the most underrated and you know
0: weirdly so yes
1: it's it's mad thinking that you know how those kind of two absolutely kind of almost contradicting statements can be in the same sentence but I genuinely think it's true in regards to this band um, Brilliant. and so, you yeah. know if, if nothing else if it gets people listening to a, you know certain albums from their back catalogue um, that can only be a good thing because fuck me what a band what a what band f- and are, fucking... I I miss elgi Petrov man I really miss him yeah
0: it. man what a dude what a dude what a band mm. uh, like I say com forward slash Pop if you want to sign up over there. Right. Uh quickly before we get on to Big Healy watch. Um
1: it's my charged- it's my first Healy watch. I'm really excited about <laughs> it. It is
0: <yeah. laughs> and it's a doozy. Yeah. Um so I I uh, I was listening the other day to Head Automatica. Mm. Right? Who are great. Oh, so oh. Head Automatica is Daryl from Glass Yours other band. Is
1: is his, be- his, we his better band.
0: <laughs> i mean i think if you stick all of glassdoor's material yeah. together mm. and you stick all of head Mac's material together unquestionably the dilution of some of that not as good glassdoor stuff makes me think that that isn't the right thing to say you know yeah. because look we're, we're going to be doing um we're going to be doing decadence yeah. at some point as a special definitely right that's the one with Beating Heart Baby on, which is the song that most people... Everyone knows that song. Everyone that's been
1: to that a rock song. club in the past 20 years has heard that yeah, song.
0: You, you know that song. And it's a fucking absolute banger. Yeah. But I have gone for the opening track of their second album, Popaganda, mm. which came out on the 20th of June, 2006, graduation day. Now, the reason I've gone for this particular song from this record is because much like decadence I think propaganda is basically a fucking full blown all killer no filler record I love it right unfortunately it's not on any streaming services no the only song that is on there is graduation day the single Which is kind of shitty because the album has got some fucking killer shit on it, and the thing is, I remember getting it and putting it on, and because I love decadence, and it felt like this weird mashup of like hard rock and punk and hip hop and, and sort yeah, of dance yeah, funk and yeah, dance yeah. music and stuff, yeah. and I was like, God, this is this is amazing. When I got Propaganda, and I was like, Well, it just sounds like Elvis Costello, <laughs> yeah. right? It just sounds like Orange Juice, right? And I was like, <laughs> Ah, yeah. ah, oh, oh, what? Where's the that i loved that when they were doing that other stuff but i soon realized that actually this record propaganda the tunes are massive they they're different they're not they they're not worse or better they are a bit worse but then decadence is fucking incredible yeah. but like it is it's is banging this album it's fucking banging it's annoying that you can't listen to it on streaming services, but yeah. I put Graduation Day on, and I, I'm not even sure Graduation Day is anywhere near one of the best songs on it. Um Laughing At You the the song that comes straight off is fucking brilliant. Curious God is great as well. Like so many, so many fucking killer songs. In it. Million Dollar Decision is wicked. Like it's a great record. But Graduation Day, which kicks it off, hmm. I was like, oh, different. I remember hearing it for the first time being, oh, this is really different. But I put it on now and like I I just love it. I love the sort of full-blown 80s new wave yeah. like Devo-ness of it. All. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's 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 fucking great this song.
1: It's I think the I mean you kind of touched on it there. I think the biggest problem with propaganda was it didn't sound like that Ultimate mashup of everything that decadence was you know let's be honest right decadence was an album that was built from the floor up in the studio right with it was it was it was down down the automator wasn't it it was yeah, yeah yeah um um you know building up this you know layering up you know those backing tracks but just, and it's it, it's it, it's an absolute fucking feast for the years that it's an all you can eat buffet you know. I'll have a bit of the funk this time. Oh well, a bit of the hip hop, you know, a bit of the rockers. I, th- I think you know the, the thing. Propaganda had immediately going against it was like we, when because you know a lot of people were excited about that album because I think Decadence took everyone by surprise about how big that was. A big album, man. I knew everyone I knew at the time had a copy of Decadence. Everyone bought that album. Everyone bought it. I think the problem with Propaganda because it, and it it just kind of sounds like. A bands. There's another that kind of mash up of like funk and you know l- almost like l- like what the Dust Brothers did on Paul's Boutique. Do you know what I mean? There's that million fucking things yeah. going on at once in your age. Like oh this, is, oh, this is amazing. And it just sounds like yeah, a fantastic new wave kind of yeah, Devo meets Orange Juice meets Elvis Costello album. But unfortunately, I don't think that's what people wanted at the time, and, and that album sunk, sunk like a fucking stone. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, and that that that's it. Oh, no, 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 head roll massacre. Okay, whatever. It's
0: weird actually because I'm looking at it and it got yeah. to number 125 uh, decadence on the charts in the UK. Okay, the oh, really?
1: Fuck! Wow, mm-hmm. I I would have thought it would got a lot higher there because you know. Well, I knew at least happen. five people who had a copy, so therefore it should have yeah, been, yeah, been in the yeah, top twenty, the... right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but I think what happened because I remember it came out and I was like, I don't know what this is, and I you know I didn't really pay any attention to it, and then it was on a Kerrang... DVD there was a DVD mm. on the front of Kerrang I that and it had beating heart baby yeah. on it yeah. and I think everyone went oh my god beating yeah. heart baby and then it meant that everyone was super excited so in propaganda only got, it got to number 87 That's high. on the so, uh, and it got to number 69 69 dude Wait. on the US billboards yeah. uh, top t- top 200 so you know it it did all right but then I think if you look at um if you look at the their streaming numbers yeah. I mean, they've got 188 thousand. 232 monthly listeners which is more than marion uh fyi um and, <laughs>
1: oh, I, <laughs> and uh- I, sorry there's something in my back is is this is this not <laughs> yours <Sorry. laughs>
0: uh "Beating heart baby you will not be surprised to learn is their biggest song it's 20 uh, 23 million listens and you know graduation day one and a half million. And that's the single from the second album, right? Yeah. Not a lot kind of ticks over the million. Mark. So I think maybe these days they are, they, you would be like, oh, that band were a fucking one-hit wonder. Like unquestionably, mm. people would be like, that band are one-hit wonder. Which is a shame because the album is fucking great, like oh, you say. It is it's great. Absolutely fucking great. It is great. And yeah. and yeah, I think I had, me and my mate loved we both love decadence and when I got propaganda at first I was like what oh no this just sounds like a sort of 80s pop album Mm. don't about this like it's not the thing like it's good but it's not the thing and he was like nah get it away from me shit it's (laughs) rubbish it's shit and I was like it's not shit it's just different it's just really different and I still listen to it and I actually think uh, Gerald Wade does backing vocals on this song on graduation day by the way yeah. I, I actually think it's a really, really, really fucking great album. And I think it actually sounds better today.
1: It does. That's what I was going to say. Than it say. would
0: have done all those years ago yeah. because now that kind of new wave mm-hmm. thing is back in vogue mm-hmm. again. It wasn't in sort of 2008, Two- I don't think no, so much.
1: No. I don't give a fuck about so, that kind of music then.
0: No. So I think, you know, digging it out, unfortunately, like I say, it's not on, I'm sure it'll be on YouTube. You
1: can find it still find it. You still find it. You can
0: still find them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's but it's great, man. Cuban Hills. Graduation Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Graduation Day. Just the wrong. I get the wrong album at the wrong time. The right band with the wrong album, but the right album, but at the wrong time. Fair. Doesn't make sense doesn't make sense. Uh Christy. how about you, mate? What have you been listening to? Uh,
1: well, um, you know, I, th- I thought I'd pick something from um, from this century. Cause you know I, I'm finally not just done it. you know I'm I I don't just listen to nineties stuff you know I listen to everything from the early noughties as well <laughs> and the late eighties. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I, I've gone for um, one of my favourite bands from the kind of they were part of the garage rock scene. I'd say they were part yeah, of I mean, that. You know, you yeah. know, I'm sure they despise that, but they were part of it. And I they at the time. I think they probably were my favourite. I mean, I mean now it's probably... I'd probably say Von Bondi's, but at the time, my favourite band from that whole kind of like Detroit garage scene, you know, that was getting rammed down everyone's throat in the early noughties, um, was Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. And I've gone for the opening track from their sophomore album, Take Them On, On Their Own. And it was the lead single, and it was called "Stop." I'm here Stop
0: for... right now! Thank, Thank you very much. Not... It, yeah,
1: of course, was... it's that right? Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, but with a better baseline. I'm here for. <laughs> I'm here for the baseline. <laughs>
0: it's a it... fucking hell of a baseline. Oh, it's, it's
1: it's so just dum 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 dum. It's so fluid and just just slinky and um, bit of danger in there. And and then that you know that guitar kind of kicks in. I the only time I ever saw him was um, uh, the year this came out. I saw him Sporting Oasis at Finsbury Park. And they were by far the band of the day. They were fucking amazing live. Even then, they only had two albums out, but it kind of felt like a great hit set. You know, they, they played for about 40, 45 minutes, so it was like, you know, um, um, Spread Your Love, Love Burns, you know, whatever happened to my rock and roll, stop. Um, it was, yeah. They, they, had, they had some bangers, man. and it, And it was it Was kind of they were bring, pulling in from influences of like some of my absolute all time favorite bands, be that you know, Velvet Underground, be that Jesus and Mary, just Jesus and Mary chain all over, yeah. Like those first couple of albums, of that, fuck yeah. me and you know, like Brian Jonestown Massacre, um, mm-hmm. and you know, any, any of that, any you know, any of that kind of stuff that you know, it's sort a of bit more like kind of like droney stuff from the late 80s, um a little bit of shoe goes on some of the stuff, but I always love. I always loved this band. It just seemed like, cause like the second album came out. <coughs> excuse me. I think pretty soon after the first album. I think it was, you know, strike. You know, strike fast while the iron's hot and all that. But uh, I mean, the second album kind of sunk like a stone, really. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, you know, they're done. And then I think they reinvented themselves yeah. and they came back as like a more kind of folky band on the third album. That had a good song called uh, "Ain't No Easy Way Out" on the third album. But the well, mo- that's them- Howl isn't it yeah Howl yeah, I think the moment yeah. had kind of gone by then and no one gave a fucking yeah. fuck but I think for a period they were the coolest band on the block they wore the coolest clothes you know he played his bass like Peter Hook really fucking like down below the knees Just they just looked so fucking cool and they had some banging tunes man and I think Stop still sounds brilliant it's just oh, a, it, it's a great yeah. groovy fucking driving tune
0: it's got uh, something that a lot of those bands didn't have for me, which is just like...
1: Bottom end kind of for a start. <laughs> yeah.
0: Warmth and fatness. And yeah. it's kind of bold and wild and quite heavy. You know, like that kind of heavy shoegaze shit. Like you mentioned My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Obviously, an intensely loud, heavy band. And I actually saw Black Rebel Motorcycle Club supporting Alice in Chains towards the end of 2019 in wow. the NBA arena. And mm. Alice in Chains weren't very good that night. And a lot of it was basically down to the I mean every time I've seen Alice in Chains they've been fucking amazing apart from that night yeah. where the sound was shite and so you know if it was shite for Alice in Chains you can probably imagine it was pretty shit for Black Rebel Motorcycle Club mm. but Black Rebel Motorcycle Club managed to kind of just cut through because they're fuzzy, you don't really want a kind of fuzzy sounding Alice and Chains, you want quite a kind of sharp sounding Alice and in Chains, like you want to hear those melodies and stuff and you know, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club do have really great melodies as well but they just came and kind of rumbled Wembley Arena for half an hour and like you say, like, they played this, they played all the songs you mentioned basically, yeah. they, they, I think they'd had a new album that had come out Uh, Let's have a look at their discography really quickly. Oh, yeah, Wrong Creatures. Oh, okay. I don't think we we spoke about that. No, I don't think I've actually listened to it, to be fair. Mm, No, I think the last one I would have listened to would have been Howl, looking Mm. at it. Baby 81, I don't remember that. Yeah, I heard that. It's all right. I don't remember any of these. I remember Beat the Devil's Tattoo coming out in 2010, Mm. but I don't think I listened to it. Um, Yeah, anyway, uh, they were really good. And, you know, this has got that... this does this perfect balance between almost like you know stonery queens of stone age yeah. rumbling like big heavy bottom end and also the wiry kind of slinky strutting cool of the indie bands mm. um great band, great yeah. band. i mean you know for two for two albums two albums yeah. that they a, were a, yeah a great band yeah they're yeah.
1: unstoppable you know yeah. they were great mm. decent and it, you know Kind of right, and yet another kind of right for rediscovery. You know, couple of albums. I'd I'd love to go into into either of those two albums in kind of more depth. So you know, if anyone wants to nominate it, that would be rather fucking lovely.
0: I'm pretty sure you could pick one of them as a classic. I'm sure at some point. You know, I think there's probably enough around them. Yeah, I
1: think so. Well, I think you, you put the debut as the classic then. Yeah, 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 uh, uh, BRMC, yeah. Yeah. Great album. Yeah. All great. right, there you go. Yeah. Nice. Stop
0: uh, by, not by the Spice Girls, or Sam Brown. Me-
1: Mega Mega City 4? Mega
0: City 4. Great, yeah. great song. Erasure. Sam, Sam oh,
1: now we're talking. This is a place out oh, yeah. of a playlist, top, this is.
0: Top five songs called Stop is actually quite a tough one to do, isn't That's it?
1: That's good. Park that, I think we should use that. Or do you want to do it now?
0: Well, it's erasure. Yeah, it was erasure.
1: Erasure and Sam Brown. Yeah. (laughs) Done. Um, 80s
0: kids. (laughs) So Matty Healy, Healy Watch, right? Matty Healy. (laughs) I don't don't really know where to start with this. So the last time we spoke about Matty Healy, he was telling Oasis to get back together. We thought it was quite funny. And then he started getting out with Taylor Swift. And I was like, well, do you know what? It's not actually got anything to do with music, really, has it? Him going out with Taylor Swift, no. letting get on with it. So yeah. we didn't mention. So he didn't mention yeah. it. Although I did think, good for you, Fair well fucks, done. mate. Well, well done, Matthew. And a lot of people were angry, and a lot of people <laughs> saying to Taylor Swift, "You have to come out and say, and, <laughs> and say you're not a Nazi because <laughs> you're going out with a sarcastic English indie vocalist, right?" Which I just, I. Uh, i love that right i yeah, yeah. <laughs> love how fucking mad some people are oh, there's, a, there's a piece online going here's all the things that matty healy's done and some of them are like jokes he's told on stage <laughs> it's mad and they're going like see here's a, here's a nazi and it's like fucking hell you've really got it in for this guy haven't you mm-hmm. we saw him go for a wee and he didn't wash his hands
2: he supports
0: the, the, the spread of E. coli, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's really, it's really weird, but anyway. <laughs> so, we haven't touched on that Healy for a little while, mm. although we are excited to see that the 1975 are back at Reading. Hooray! Yeah. Um, they're playing, um, they played 1975, headlined a music festival in Kuala Lumpur, and the BBC says Healy, who has a history of derogatory comments about women and minorities does he (laughs) does he Uh, maybe he does I don't know maybe he does Uh, launched into a tirade against Malaysia's anti-LGBT laws and kissed a bandmate in in protest Um, he'd already been drinking on stage and he had destroyed a drone belonging to the concert organisers oh no
1: outrageous
0: not a a drone owned by Malaysian concert uh, sorry yeah Malaysian concert uh, organisers that that's the worst thing ever. Gigi Allen would never. Um, and then he said, "You know, he was annoyed. They made a mistake when they're booking shows." Uh, he then went on a kind of rant, saying, "I'll take your uh, I don't see the point in. I don't see the point in inviting the 1975 to country and then telling us who we can and can't have sex with. I'll take your money. You can ban me, but I've done this before. It doesn't feel good." And then he kissed one of his bandmates' face and said, all right, we're banned from Kuala Lumpur. See you later. And then the next day, the authorities ordered to close the entire festival who still had another two days to go. Now, I've seen quite a lot of people react to this as if Matt Healy is a bad person for doing this. And I don't really understand what is going on here, right? So when Ramstein, no, we're not allowed to talk about Ramstein, but when Ramstein held... A rainbow flag up, and the two guitarists. So we're not even talking about the bad one in Ramstein. When the uh. two guitarists kissed in Russia at protest against their mm. kind of anti-LGBT laws, um, everyone said, "Brilliant, aren't they great? Aren't they brilliant? Good for them, or what? Heroes, right?" But when someone you don't like does it, it's like, "Oh well, now you've got the thing cancelled and da 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 da, and all this <laughs> stuff." And I just, I just don't understand, like. I feel like i say it's quite a lot gas but i do think you've got to live your life to a consistent set of moral principles yeah. and if you think someone going to a place and telling them that they believe that the way that their government or whatever they have that kind of protests against something from the stage if you think that's wrong if you think what matt Healy did is wrong you think Regent's machine shutting down the stock exchange is wrong you think the mc5 are wrong you think Public enemy are wrong. You, you, like you have to think that yeah. because they're the same. Whether or not you, you don't get to decide what the intention. Like the, he's doing the thing that is the intention of like you can say, oh, he's only doing it for attention for you know for, for attention, but the intention is to highlight the the kind of what he believes is an outdated laws against yeah. a minority group of people. Right, so you either go anyone who does that is bad because it's gonna go back against you know that society will make it harder for society right or you go well I thought it was good when those people did it so I have to acknowledge whether or not I think he did it for attention or whatever it's a good thing he did it I, I I don't understand I don't understand the response of like, this is disgusting that he did this. What a piece of shit. I don't understand.
1: Why do you think people hate Matty Healy? Because he's,
0: he's a little cunt, isn't he, basically? I don't think so. I,
1: d- I mean, love him. A- I fucking love him. <laughs> I think he's great. Cr- he's, I mean, no, he's, a, he's What do you antagonist. want from your pop stars? Do you want that or do you want Chris fucking Martin?
0: Well, he's an, he's an antagonist, isn't he?
1: Yeah, and I like
0: that. He, I I like that he's an antagonist and sometimes you go there are things that I've seen him do where I'm like there's an interview with him where he's going on about how how can it be that people are poor and he's like doing and I'm like oh mate you sound fucking daft like he's you just go like you just sound a bit daft right and having seen them I was a bit weirded out by some of the stunts and stuff but I just sort of went along with it because ultimately I like the music
1: yeah
0: and nothing that they did on stage when I saw them at the start of the year was offensive or controversial or nothing it was a bit odd some of it i didn't really know what most of it was about and i was with my girlfriend who was just annoyed that they were she thought they were pretentious basically until they came out and played she's like why didn't they just come out and play the fucking hits it's
1: funny though because my girlfriend thinks exactly the same thing yeah thinks he you know i love my girlfriend but she fucking hates matty healy Mm. you know
0: you have to pick one. There can be only one. Yeah, there
1: can be only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either you or um, what's his name? Who, who played the Highlander? What, I got... Christopher Lambert. That's the one. I was thinking yeah. Sean Connery, but that was the second one, wasn't it? He was. Yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah. It, it, yeah. Is it because they think, oh, you know, white middle class privileged child whose dad's an actor? Probably. And probably. Yeah. I think a lot of it but does then, boil down
0: to but then that. I really
1: don't,
0: do. Don't get annoyed when... Because if someone, else, pilot-
1: if someone else said that, like, I don't know, if Liam Gallagher said some of that shit... Well, I you know? remember
0: a couple of years ago when the, the bloke from 21 Pilots made a joke because I went, oh, you need to use your platform. And he did a video and he stood on the platform and he was going, "Ah, oh, I'm using my platform. <laughs> and they, and a load of their fans went, this is disgusting. This is disgusting that you've made a joke while people were being murdered. You know, trans people were being <laughs> murdered. People of colour are being murdered. Women are being murdered. And it's was like, I, I, <laughs> you've just said to him, you have to speak out about this. And he doesn't. He doesn't have to. It's stupid. He doesn't he can do what he fucking he's in a band. He's not want. a politician. No. Do what you fucking want. And you know, and so I think like it's it's usually you see something like we just been talking about Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. She's fucking cool. She was yeah. fucking cool for doing that stuff. She was a legend for doing that yeah. stuff. She was brilliant. She took those people and were like, fuck you. Mm. No one, I mean, people obviously in the Catholic Church and the people who follow the Catholic Church were fucking furious. I'm sure people in the mainstream, I'm sure people in a record label were absolutely fucking furious with her. Yeah. But I don't, no one thought she was being edgy this is the thing I think. Just think, people are cynical now. No one thought. No one would have turned yeah. around and gone, "Oh, you're, oh, god, look at Chanel Conduct trying to be edgy and trying to be like woke or something." It's like it would. She's not doing it. Would have been. It would have
1: been seen that way if, it, if 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 she'd done all that shit in the TikTok generation.
0: Yeah, and it's, it, but then also it wouldn't because you see lots of artists doing things like that. Who oh. I mean. I think Matt Healy's got no filter, right? And I think he probably is just like how he is. I think he's a bit of a kind of, like you say, he's a spoilt, upper middle class, quite weird dude uh, who said some things that you go, "What are you on about?" Like there have been a few times where I've gone, oh, "What are you on about, mate? What the fuck?" Like, and he is—he is a bit—he's a bit obnoxious. And he's a bit annoying, and he's interesting. Yeah. But to me, ultimately. He makes music I like. Yeah, and he's so. not he's not fucking killed anyone. He's not bummed a sheep to death or something like that. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like he's done he's he's far from the worst person that I listen to musically, right? But I do sort of look at it and go, well, I think he's real, as opposed to someone like I don't know, fucking Bob Villain, who's not real. Exactly. Who's like full of shit, right? Yeah. Who is like only interested in like it's fake careerist nonsense yep. right like no like i i, I give me matty healy yep. being weird Always. over being calculated like someone like that do you know what i mean yep. I,
1: I i but i, I think he's I, you know yes yes he's spoiled yes he's privileged no he doesn't have a filter but at least it's real i don't think there's any bullshit
2: no, with Matt Healy, I, I
1: really, I, I I, I could. Do you know what? I could, I could be fucking so far in the mark. Yeah. I'm just going on my opinion, and yeah, give me that over any of that just fake ass careerist bullshit that. Mm. You know, yeah, I'm gonna call out Bob villain. When I see a bunch of cunts. Oh, we're so
0: we're oh, so DIY. <laughs> so DIY. You're not fucking, fucking good, Charlotte. Your manager, I'm good Charlotte, yeah. manages you. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're so fucking DIY. Yeah, yeah, really DIY. Um, so mm. you know, like at least Matt Healy's not pretending to be anything. No, that he's not. He's a he's a fucking weirdo. He's, ne- isn't he? he's, a, he's he, a he's fucking never, weirdo. He's
1: never denied that. He's never denied he's a weirdo. He's never denied what where what he was born into.
0: No, not at all. And and if he was really like calculating, there are so many things that he wouldn't have done and he <laughs> wouldn't have said.
1: He should, he should, he, sh- he, he you know, yeah. He, he, if it was, yeah, it was absolutely calculated to fuck. It, and his whole career was mapped out before. Just do you want th- think he would have said that on stage in Kuala Lumpur? Fuck no, <laughs> no. God no.
0: no, not in a million years, no. And for and the that, the that people do give him shit for that. Is that, like there is a few things where I'm like, well, that is a weird thing to do. Uh, you just go, well, you wouldn't do that if you were like really calculated, exactly. So I do think it's like, yeah. what, I suppose what you see is like what, what you get, even though it is, it is a bit weird. Anyway, big Healy watch. <laughs> big Healy, Healy watch. To, My I'm first Healy watch. First <laughs> Healy watch. I'm certainly not the last, nope. I'm sure. Uh, anyway, speaking of great people who are for real, um, Greg and Jordan of the band Better Lovers used to be in two quite brilliant bands, have joined forces to create another excellent band i spoke to them about all things regarding the music they've been making and we had a lovely chat guys. we had a lovely lovely chat
1: here it is good people good times enjoy
0: um thanks for doing this by the way guys much appreciated uh i'm i'm dead excited i watched the um i watched the uh the footage some fan footage of the show from the other day and it looked every it was it was everything that i kind of dreamed it would be to be honest it was chaotic and raucous and the songs are great and you look like you guys are really into it and
3: we make dreams come true
0: it's exciting man it's just it's it's an exciting thing how was it, how was that show
4: dude if you really want to have the, the full experience just put play it through like you know the loudest stereo you can find it but put that stereo inside of a fucking sauna and then and sit in that sauna and run in place while you're listening, while you're listening to it and then that that'll be you'll you'll get the full experience man that was the first time i've had to wring my clothes out after a show in 6 6 or 7 years man that, that was pretty full on pretty pretty pretty, pretty overwhelming honestly
3: yeah yeah it's, it's a really lovely blur when you when you go through that and then you look back and you go okay i think that was fun um it's just so intense and so many emotions and so much energy and like greg said so many so many temperatures um <laughs> ranging from hot to excruciatingly so, hot so many degrees of temperatures um yeah it's it's you you almost need those pictures now and and, and videos to go wow that really did happen holy shit yeah, it is it was a blur really, really cool
0: it's 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 amazing and did you feel the kind of anticipation for people because obviously like there must have been uh a different level consider not many bands get to play like their first show and people are like oh my fucking god it's this thing that i'm super hyped and excited about do you know what i mean did you did you feel that
3: i felt it uh exceeding expectations i really try to hammer home the the lack of expectations and and um just really go into this uh humbly uh and and that way these shows are just as bananas to me as they are to everyone there it's it's not lost on us it's it's amazing to have the support um we it, it's it's come together so wonderfully um and yeah like you said it, it, we know full well that not not many fans get to have a first show uh like like we get to have a first show not many bands get to have a first tour like we get to have a first tour and it's not lost on us we're just so grateful and we're so happy and it's it's so fucking cool man like it's really fucking cool just to just to have that that amount of people that you can just jump into and then feel like that's 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 what we were together to do to have these weird shows and these crazy shows and these loud shows and these hot shows and now it's here and it's 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 just fantastic to to live in it.
0: Greg how's it for you?
4: I mean it was uh to me I have a hard time imagining things until they're until they're there you know I have a hard time imagining things that aren't immediately around me so like when we uh you know you make those songs and you make the EP you make the album it's all you know this thing that exists in your head and it exists off stage and exists online and you're like oh yeah there's i have this relationship with these people and like it's something that we hang out and i you know we wrote these songs together and we recorded them and like we put them out and i can see it online and i can see people talking about the show and i can see that people are going and i know you know like factually that it's sold out and but you don't really have an ability or i don't have an ability to really conceptualize it until it's it's there in front of you and then you also don't really know you know, people there's gonna be bodies in a room, but are they gonna be hyped or are they gonna just be staring out of morbid curiosity? You don't really know, you know. And uh yeah, I'm I'm very uh detached from any of, of that mentally. And so when we went on stage and like it was just like really overwhelming, the response, people knew a shit ton of the words, not just to 30 under 13, but like to everything. Like it was it it was just uh it felt victorious, like it felt like a celebration. It didn't feel like a people were coming to spectate like some odd duck or like, uh, you know, they, or, or some Frankenstein monster of, you know, we put this guy and this guy and these band and this band together and see what happens. It didn't feel like people were coming to witness like an oddity or like some kind of like, just like to see how it goes. They can't, people seemed amped, like they were amped. And it was a very tangible feeling of like celebration and, and, uh, just every it was so positive and so overwhelmingly it was it was overwhelming like it was overwhelming to the point of being surreal yeah you know and it's been that way since that's what's crazy is it wasn't just that show like every show even when we're playing technically opening for under oath and stuff like there's a lot of people at these shows who are clearly already hip to us and already amped and it's a really strange feeling because it is a new band and it for me it's been 6 years since Dillinger. Like I don't really, you know, I haven't really been operating in that world, so it's even more overwhelming to to realize like that this is the first time I've ever been involved in something that's felt like there was like a you're you're swimming with the tide. There, there's like a wave happening with it to such a degree that you're not really fully in control of. And I haven't really felt that feeling since really, really, really early. Like I'm talking like 2001, 2002, I did under escape plan where things felt like i I, we, I didn't have a handle on one the audience at all like i didn't have a handle on how hyped people were or how excited people were it's, it's it was really cool like jordan said it's something we're like very grateful it's, I, I don't i don't think this thing would ever happen again like I, I don't think that something like this would ever happen again in my life like you put you know where the sum becomes gr- you know greater than the parts in a way that you don't really expect so mm-hmm. i it's fucking cool
0: yeah man i am i mean just from the intro like andy got seemed to get very genuinely emotional before you guys came on um how did you feel kind of looking at that happening at the side of the stage when that was going on jordan that was
3: um well completely true story is he asked us if he could introduce us and i guess i just incorrectly assumed he meant i thought he was going to do like full-blown like Like pro wrestler like like cut a cameo or cut a cut a promo like straight up just but that i I thought he was going into butcher mode and uh because he used to cut these promos when he was start before he was the butcher he was in a, a a local tag team called pythons and they used to cut some fucking serious promos and so i just in my head incorrectly assumed he was gonna go out there full fucking Blitz create cartoon ultimate, character, yeah, yeah, cartoon Ultimate Warrior style, and then so yeah, then we kind of quickly realized, oh, he's going eulogy like best man speech at a wedding route, and so I was just taken aback by it, and I was just, I was just taking it in. I almost felt like he wasn't introducing. I felt like I was on the receiving end of it, not on the the stage end of it. Like I felt I like I was in the crowd and so i didn't really um i felt like he was talking like i was i was there because i we we had no idea what he was going to say we had it's not like we wrote it for him it's not like he ran it by us he just said hey is it cool if we introduce if cool if i introduce you and um you know talking to people afterwards obviously he really struck a chord and there were a lot of a lot of a lot of uh a lack of dry eyes a lot of dust was in the air uh i guess because a lot of people were coming up to me afterwards just staying like commenting specifically on that and i felt more like i was on their side where i was the recipient of this information um more than i was kind of it was it it was it was really just unique and special and um yeah I, I i'll be honest like my jaw dropped a little when i was just like oh he's going he's going this route i thought he was gonna fucking like run through a wall and stage dive and and then uh next thing i know like he's getting choked up and um it it struck a chord because a lot of people felt like they they echoed his what his statements and and his message and his feelings and um you know uh we've all grieved the death uh differently and so i i i wasn't ready for that i was more like greg was saying ready to celebrate i was ready for a a victory and so um i guess everyone just kind of reacted differently to it and because uh especially because andy has kind of um you know gone the pro wrestling route obviously we were gonna kick around the idea of writing music with him in the past and so i feel like it was it it, it I, I was watching a guy get a lot off of his chest I, I i felt like i was watching a best friend just get a lot off of his chest and uh it it worked out pretty well because people loved it
0: yeah i mean it was yeah. already
2: it, it was, it was um, already
4: intense that it was buffalo you know for me because i've never been a part of anything that had like a, a like a hometown element like that where like the band is like a real, really strongly rooted in a particular city. Like I've never been a part of that, you know, like Dillinger was sort of like from, you know, a lot of different areas on the East coast and like, you know, anything else I've been a part of has kind of just been assimilated by people from different places. And, and you know, every time I die, I was very, 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 very much like that. Balt- I mean, Buffalo was their fucking center. And like their, you know, gigantic presence there. And that, and the Buffalo thing is a gigantic you know, thing in within their interpersonal dynamic and and in their individual lives and like it was already intimidating for me to to kind of go into their home territory and like I'm not I it's funny because I'm not new at all and like I felt like you know new going into that. Like I felt like I was like, you know, little on the outside going into that right away. So like having that, you know, Andy make that speech was like even more like, oh shit, you know, this is like, you know, this is someone else's world you know it, it, because of where the show was and then adding andy to that was uh you know extra intense like i got a lump in my throat i wasn't even in their band and i got a lump in my throat sitting backstage like listening to him you know it's a fucking super super intense way to start a, a night you know
0: yeah i mean, I mean that I was know, already I,
4: intense going into it
0: i i love metal and hardcore and punk and all that stuff but i think letting people see your kind of true sort of fragile um feelings in in that way I, it, it was like oh this is a this doesn't always happen at like a fucking hardcore show like right at the start of a hardcore show you know it was a bit like because i put it on and i thought it said on the the youtube thing you know introduction from andy williams and i was like oh he's gonna come out and be like the reigning you know tag team harvest. right right I, yeah and so i expected it and then i was like this is incredible it was like the, it was it was yeah even again through the screen it was like just from a YouTube clip, I was like, "This is just a crazy, brilliant way to start the show," and I felt like spin kicking in my fucking bedroom when you guys walked on. I was like, "It, it, it was weirdly kind of so beautiful and heartfelt, but also good." It was pumped, pumped up. It, so you can't plan
4: that sort of thing out, man. Like, it really was like the most emotionally gripping way to start a not just a show, but to start the live you know you expect like, that show was show one of what will end up being hundreds and hundreds of shows so like where you know over time like the fact that that was the big bang of the live element of this band was like really like really set things off on an already emotionally charged foot what, for existing fans you know
3: what i liked about it was that um and like i i said to kind of reiterate i was it was very unexpected that he went that route and so what i've come to like about it is the fact that now I feel like there's no elephant in the room like now now it's it was addressed it 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 it's it because when you're doing this band you don't want to just rely on your past I'm very proud of it Greg's very proud of his past but you don't want to just rely on that to make better lovers progress Um, and so now we kind of it, it was forced to be addressed. It was basically, and now we could say, listen, yep, we were in Etid. That was a great time. It's in the past. And now we got a new thing, next chapter of our lives. Every single person reading this or listening to this can relate to the idea of having something that was great, that is no longer a part of your life, but you don't want to you can't just forget about it you can't just go never no one's allowed to wear etid shirts to our shows no one's allowed to wear dillinger shirts to our shows because this is new and blah blah blah. like now it's it it was just a good way of saying hey welcome to the next chapter um and i think so from from that point of view i feel like like uh like it was it was success because now i don't have to worry about like do we talk about ETA? Do we not talk about ETID? How much do you talk about ETA? Uh Don't talk to me about ETA only talk like it's it's just it's been addressed. It's and now we're just kicking ass with this new thing.
0: Absolutely. All right, cool. Yeah, it was it was lovely and the, the show looked great. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys come over to the UK. That's going to be a thing. But um, I was when, when did you guys first meet? Take us back to like when you do you remember the first time you guys met like how long you've known each other like how did this sort of relationship p- progress and change over the years uh
3: i think we might have played one of greg's first shows ever and like a, a a gainesville fest um a long time ago and you know
4: 2002 december yeah. of 2002 but we didn't yeah. uh, to, no, i'm sorry December of december 2001
3: yeah and um you know dillinger's has always been a powerhouse greg's always been a powerhouse i'm And in awe of what he's done on his solo stuff. I'm in awe of when I go see him. I've seen him a couple times with Jerry Cantrell. And, you know, there's just, there's just dudes when you're on tour that you meet and you're just, they got the fucking vibe, right? They got, they send off the energy that you, that you connect with. And you're just like, something's fucking special about this guy. And so I've always felt that way about Greg and, um, you know, when we were looking for a new uh, a singer for the project, he was top of the list. He's of uh, just talent wise. Um, just the 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 mountain rushmore. There's one, uh, and, and so we kind. Of, I just I've told this story a couple times, but I'll tell it again. Saw so him in Vegas I, with Jerry Cantrell. I was there. Me and Steve were there, just doing some other bullshit, and uh, got him the demos and said, you know, hey we don't have a singer (laughs) it's really that simple and then uh you know i I ended up getting a a text message at like three in the morning one night being like all right let's give these motherfuckers what they want and it was just so greg because that is that is that is just greg just he's gonna fucking make you want to run through a wall and maybe it's at three in the morning after you haven't heard from him in a couple weeks but either way (laughs) you, you know you know you're fucking getting the best
4: you know that if i'm not responding it's because i'm charging I'm like charging up. I'm in standby mode, but then when I when I reach 100% charge, I'm I'm it's it's all gonna be fucking good. But no, I said the same thing about Jordan. It's like you know, there's in the last 20 fucking five years or however long, 23 years that I've been doing this. Like, there's not a lot of bands. There's you know, I I can I can I can't even name if I were trying to name five of them from our world. There in the last 25 years, there's not as many that have as strong and as individualistic and as impactful of like a sonic fingerprint as you know Jordan as every time I died did, and a lot of that is because and mo- most of that is because of Jordan's writing as is evidenced in like the way that this music sounds. A very, very very distinct, unique voice. And I gravitate towards strong flavors. I don't like collaborating with people that don't have strong flavors because I'm very, you know, uh I'm a strong am a strong flavor you know so so fucking yeah I want someone else to to have you know have that and, and and Ben had that you know and uh you know all the people that I work with obviously Jerry Cantrell has that um you know when you hear you know the other side projects that I've done like Max Cavalera has that you know so it's like I, I need people that have like a really strong thing and, and like I said in the last 20 fucking years there's not been really like I said, I can name guitar three. I can't even a guitar. I can name bands. I can't really name. I probably can't name three guitar players that have come from our scene in the last twenty years that have had this the, the, the distinction and have made the impact that that Jordan has had. You know, and you can't really hear that from anyone else. It's so distinct. If you can manage to do something so distinct that when you hear someone else that sounds like you, they they you immediately go, "Oh, that band sounds like a a, a rip off of this band." Like that's very hard to do you can't you can't do it on purpose there's a million people that can shred they can practice they can play other people's shit but to have someone play and sound like themselves is very fucking very very rare you know and uh his sonic fingerprint is really fucking strong and so that's obviously immediately appealing to me and then you know we hadn't actually hung out in like a really long time and fucking when he came to the jerry show he was with ben kohler and who you know is a friend of mine and ben kohler was in vegas too and ben was like hey jordan's here too uh we're all you know we're both coming to the show and then we ended up hanging out and having a blast and getting fucked up and you know uh, acting a fool and you know, on uh on jerry's bus while he's trying to relax and eat pizza i think we're just like eating all the pizza in the fucking in the front lobby of the bus and just you know <laughs> fucking just and then uh, we just fucking had a blast and then i was like dude send me send me these fucking songs and then you know it's uh it's always really interesting it's a challenge to like you know it's that's what keeps you going is fucking having someone throw you shit that's so distinct that it's like fuck, man like what am i gonna do with this thing that like fucking is being sent to me that sounds so much like this other person like you have to I had to like listen to it a lot before it really like before i before i naturally started to react to it because yeah, that's what you want to happen you don't want to have to think while you're some you know responding to something you want to be able to just respond to it quickly and in order to do that you have to like let it soak in and kind of like you know especially this kind of music i had only written you know uh, it's a conversation i'd only had that conversation with one other person because Dylan's was the only band that i've I've ever been in that operated in this in this scene like everything else i've done has kind of been on the outside of it or in in some other world or something or or in more of a metal world and so like this was much different for me i had to fucking sit and wait and let it soak in and then when, you know one day I was like I said like he said at like two in the morning I was just like listening to the stuff and then suddenly like I I heard it like I i did it. and when it when it started it was coming fast and I was like oh shit there it is you know it, it's fucking you know coming out now and uh then it was just like okay let's fucking go and then pretty much since that point we've just been gas pedal and it's I think a tangible I think it's tangible to other people too and that's why people are responding to it that there's there's electricity here you know and and uh i'm very grateful for that because you don't get you don't get too many of those you know you don't get too many of those things but you rec- like, like i said you recognize the people that are uh the you recognize the other the, the strong ones in your pool and you know, i'm fucking glad you hit me up you know
0: yeah um, when you were writing those initial songs jordan what did you and i know you said like kind of Greg would have been the the number one guy that you wanted to go for. Did did you kind of write songs with? Did you have any idea that if he said yeah, you know, did you sort of think like, oh, this is going to sound good with his voice, or were you just writing and going, well, this is what I write and this is what I want to write, or did you kind of write it with Greg in mind? Um, well, no, I mean, I write
3: true, true answer answers. I, I when I'm writing on my bed or on my couch, I'm writing with Steve and Goose and Will in mind. I'm i um, I've always been. And this is this is not this is only because of the routine this is only be because of what uh, I've gone through and this is only because of of how it's been in the past. Um, it's always been uh vocals last and so whenever I write um, I want it, I write on an acoustic guitar because I feel like if it sounds good on an acoustic guitar it'll sound good plugged in. And if it sounds plugged in. Yeah. It'll sound good when I bring it to Steve and Goose, and they're only going to make it better. And they always do. They absolutely. And then now we have, you know, the the Will Putney added to the equation of, these are just dudes that help me, um, take ideas and and make them, uh, and just bring them out into the world. And they make them better. I mean, there's there's specifically riffs on this EP where even when me and Goose and Steve thought that the songs were as good as they were going to get we brought them to Will and Will's like I'm going to replace your worst riff with a new one and that new one is going to be the best one in the song so then by the time it gets to Greg it's just it's just so ready to go that um you know I hate to sound too trippy about the whole the whole uh final product but it really is like sometimes when you're working with people as special as Will and Goose and Greg and Steve, sometimes you just trust the process. You know that these songs aren't going to come out unless they have the best of the best vocals on them. They're not going to come out unless it's got the best effects, the best riffs, the best mix. Like, and you just start to really believe that these songs will find the perfect vocalist and yeah i think it's greg and i hope it's greg and holy shit, it is greg uh it was it was a lot of that it was a lot of like let's not force it let's let it happen and if i was a betting man i'd bet that these are gonna end up with greg on them and uh and that's kind of how it turned out but um yeah i mean to sorry if that was too vague of an answer, but, but yeah, there are specific times where I'll be writing something and I'll just kind of hear Greg's voice over it. And, um, and yeah, those are definitely fucking really, really cool moments. And so you just kind of let it
0: happen. Okay. All right. Well, let, let me, it's not really the same question, but it's a sort of similar question, but I don't know, maybe I'm going to word it more, um, slightly more. I, I know you I know what you're going to say because you're probably, you're, you're both very, um, humble men and i know that you'll probably go ah oh, no no we don't think about stuff like that right but there are people in this world and i'm one of them who if would if you bring up the Dillinger escape plan or every time i die in front of anyone they will talk about them enthusiastically until that person is exhausted by but and i have done that too. i've talked about both your your previous bands to the point of like normal people just wanting to get away from me like i'm some weird (laughs) person right there must have been a moment when you got in a room together and looked around at each other when you were about to play and you thought when people get their fucking when they as soon as they see this there's going to be a bunch of people who are gonna just absolutely lose their shit yes yes i
3: yeah okay okay. good there's there's that animal inside of, of both of us for sure that yeah, and you, I think you need to have that. You need you need to have the 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 humbleness, but you also need to know that we're fucking killers and we're gonna fucking crush. And of course, this is gonna fucking blow everybody away. Like, of course it is, not just because of the name, but because of what Greg was talking about, because of of what we're all so capable of. Um, and that, yeah, having the music, and that's kind of why we we wanted to drop a song before we even like drop the information because i think like yeah you could say x members of this band and x members of this band and x members of this band but we'd rather just hit you in the face with the music and um yeah you get the goosebumps you fucking know like holy shit we're gonna fucking pulverize rooms we are absolutely going to pack rooms and wreck them, and uh yeah, that's that's the fun part of it.
0: Greg, anything to add to that?
4: I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, I'm not oblivious to like I'm aware that there's a bunch of people that are gonna be like, holy oh, shit, just when they see those two names next to one another, and they they say, you know, this guy and these this guy and these guys that they're already gonna be like, oh, oh shit! But that can always back that can backfire on you too. Like if you don't if you don't. You, that means you got to kick ass even more and i that i like that because that you can't just do the bare minimum and have people like it like i want to fuck people's worlds up like beyond what <laughs> they're ready for you know and there's something like i said you don't just like gravitate towards other people that you think are good you gravitate towards other people that you know are fucking lethal you know and every time i die I was the only band and i'll say this honestly they were the only band in 23 years or we were banned for 16 years after i joined they were the only band in the 16 years of playing that i ever thought on ever kicked our ass ever like and, and i feel like there were times when we toured together where they kicked our ass that night and like that was the only time i ever felt that you know and like of every band i've ever played with on festivals on tours or anything they were the only one and i never forgot that like i, I remember it distinctly i remember distinct shows on our tour together still to this day because i'm so competitive that i remember that there was nothing we could do to 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 take that night like they had already they already had it and and it was just like fuck, man you know and there's like something to be said for that and like so i know for a fact that you put me and the fucking driving force of that band together and it's it's going to be a lethal killing machine you know so like i there's something about that that's for me really appetizing to like just be like all right you know like fucking, uh, if people think that it's just exciting on paper, you know, like there's there's more coming than you can, than you than you know, you know.
0: Mm. Uh, it's it's the third band on that bill, on the Every Time I Die, Dillinger Escape Plan, and one other. They're who they're the real victims here. Like whoever that third <laughs> band was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're they're the they're the ones who are coming out of that tour. I mean, you could be, yeah, you guys you guys were good, life I'm not gonna get too like. Bum licky or anything, but yeah, that would have been a good tour. Um, anyway, uh, in terms of like, I don't know, um, the future of uh, like, how much more material do you guys have to kind of? Because I always feel like you know, like you say, you drop one song, and then we've now got four songs that people have heard, and then a couple of other ones live. Um, how much more material is there? How much more is coming? And. I always get the, sneak, the sneaking suspicion with things like this when I hear something like your EP, which was great. I always kind of think in the back of my head, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're holding something back for when something bigger comes out. Am I right at all? Am I barking up the wrong tree? We we
3: got, um we me and Steve and Goose uh, have, have been writing pretty consistently and with Will for over a year now. So we have the material um to you know put out another thing um but uh, as far as us like sitting on a finished product uh unfortunately no i guess if you wanna is it that should we just let people think that no we've been so good with like the surprise drops maybe i'm completely lying but um there's no shortage of ideas there's no shortage of music we have songs um we just have to you know greg's a busy guy will's a very busy guy uh we have a busy schedule now um and so we're just going to be packing it with recording more and writing more and releasing more um but no no there's as far uh, and again i, I don't know if, if this is bad for marketing but um we're just gonna who knows though that's the things that with will being a producer we're at his house right now on a day off we, we, we could make a song today yeah, we could go downstairs and record a song today and put it out tomorrow if we wanted to. Um, so that's what's... Why are you wasting your time? I was a actually thinking could do that. about Fucking that. Hell. I was yeah, thinking that yeah. we should
4: write like some little banger today and record it. And yeah, it.
3: but that's that's what's cool about about this, is that it exists in a new time that our old bands didn't, where we actually could do that. Um 23 years and every time I die and we never released one surprise, anything, no surprise video. No. And even like, even the, the singles you had to like promote the announcement, like, Hey guys, stick around tomorrow. There'll be an announcement. And then the tomorrow it's like new song next week. And then you go, so there's always like these announcements and then announcements about announcements and announcements about announcements about announcements. And so with this, it's so fun to just be like, Here's a video. Here's a song. Here's yeah. um, And so, yeah, we do have music written. And so what it is nice to know, oh, shit, we got a week off. Let's go. At, and because uh, you hear all these amazing stories about classic albums that are just written and recorded in a week, written and recorded in two weeks, written and recorded in a month. So I think we got that magic to where we just have to, whatever we set our mind to will happen if we want to put out nothing for the rest of the year we'll put out nothing for the rest of the year if we want to put out a full length by the end of the year all we have to do is just kind of find the time to do it um and so yeah, having like- will
4: is kind of a cheat code because we don't need to get a producer like we have you know we're all enclosed like we have a full stop shop within the band so we can operate however quickly we want to I mean, we finished God Made Me an animal literally two weeks before it came out like that that was turned in. we mastered that fucking like two weeks left before it came out So that was, yeah.
0: That's amazing.
4: I mean, fuck, I recorded vocals after I recorded the finished, the final vocal that I recorded was done after the U.S. tour of mine, which just ended, the final U.S. tour date for me was June 7th. So the the actual song God made, or sacrificial participant, I think the vocals were recorded the next day. So like June 8th. I think was the I recorded the vocals for that song as it and then the record came out what one July 7th July 7th mm. or something so mm-hmm. I don't know what the when it fucking came out like yeah July 7th so fucking it was only like done like a month before it came out so you can really operate and it could have come out the following week you know like we, you can upload shit the next day and have it come out like Jordan said like we can move as fast as we want and Jordan's a riff factory like a fucking riff machine he just pisses riffs like just go you know, non stop fucking you know real real good shit non-stop coming out of it so it's like you gotta you know you could move as fast as you want really
0: wow fucking hell i've stopped i've spent half an hour and you could have you could have done a whole new song in this time so i'm gonna let it right. go and get out and get another get a fucking banger out i want one out what's well, thursday evening here i want to hear something by sunday guys that's your <laughs> that's your homework right write me a banger um that's it, I reckon, chaps. Thank you so much for ch- chatting to us. It's lovely. It's been lovely. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. And um, looking forward to seeing the show in full. There you go. Only bloody Greg and Jordan off of uh, an excellent, excellent band. Um, really, really looking forward to those UK shows. Can yeah. come down to that. Fuck yeah, yeah. Get oh my. Ba- see if see if the back can handle it. But oh
1: yeah. my god, especially <laughs> you know. If they do, like you were alluding to when we were reviewing the album, if they drop some shit from said bands, oh my fuck.
0: Well, one thing I was trying to get in I didn't manage to speak about is they did cover... um, uh, They covered... What's that? They did a Soundgarden song. Fuck me, it's just gone out of my head now. They covered... Jesus Christ Pose? No, no, it wasn't... Because Dylan did Jesus Christ Pose. They did... um, Ah, I might have to actually do some editing here because I want Fuck everyone off. to know. No, we'll right?
1: Steve's not going to edit this out <laughs> at all.
0: No, you're probably right. Yeah, uh, they did. Uh, Rusty Cage. Ooh, mm.
1: tasty. Yeah. So was it
0: outshined was it outshined or, is it outshined or rusty cage i can't fuck it oh, not, keeping it in one of the good ones you know so if you're interested you know uh right let's do some quick reviews and then get the fuck out of town uh seven dust truth killer comes out today if you're listening to this podcast today it comes out you might have heard la Jean from seven dust talking to me last week about sam cook that was a good time what a
1: fucking legends? What a, a legends.
0: yeah he's great right he's a really mm. good dude uh, this is the 14th Judy album from the new metal Elder Statesman, a follow up to 2020's Blood and Stone album, which, you know, if you heard last week, you know, they haven't actually been able to go out and tour that album, even though it was pretty successful for them at the time, I believe. I think it's um, one of the better ones, um, kind of commercially speaking, I think they did, because it had a cover of, again, Soundgarden, The Day I Tried to Live. Mm, yes. a, there was a cover that they did that. It was actually a pretty good cover, because, yeah. you know, the thing about Seven Dust is. There's quite a lot of comparable bands to them musically. Mm. But what you've got in LJ, in with a Witherspoon, yeah. is a fucking genuinely brilliant vocalist. Great singer. Yeah. He's really, really great. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say that that always translates into amazing songs overall. But when I go back to the first couple of Seven Dust albums, they've got bangers in there. Good fucking massive band bouncy, catchy, metallic rock music, very anthemic with a hugely talented and very, very charismatic frontman, And sometimes that is enough to make you go, this is good. I've got to be honest, I haven't massively checked in them for a long time, probably going back to um, Blackout The Sun in 2010 when my ch- tastes were changing a fair bit. But uh, before we get into it, your, your thoughts on Seven Dusters Band, Gaz? I mean I I, I.
1: you know I'll I'll put my cards on the table I haven't listened to a Seven Dust album since the debut
0: really okay. yeah
1: yeah it's been a while um it's not <laughs> <laughs> just to prove that Steve doesn't edit um I, I mean you know truth killer I mean obviously you know man of the match man of the fucking season um you know what a voice, fuck mm. me. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 but I, and I kind of I generally I'd forgotten because all the all all that kind of era of you know new metal I'd long since checked out really. By this it, yeah. it was kind of you know a cursory kind of listening. I'd listen up like ah, that's not as good as spine shank is it. And so uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: fucking hell. <laughs> That is damn Fame Because
1: nobody, nobody is as good as Spine Shank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, Lajon's voice. I mean, it's, there's so much kind of. He can do the soulful stuff, but, he can, but when that voice just goes up and it's just that scream, that sort of guttural roar he can do. Um, but the, the whole album, like the new album, Truth Killer, it's, it is like. I mean, I, I said to you, I was like. Was this recorded in two thousand and has only just been like discovered now? Because it it just it, it made me want to um, you know go down Camden Market and buy some new rocks and put <laughs> some criminal damage jeans on Yeah. <laughs> and go to my my local um, alternative slash metal night and uh, yeah hassle a DJ to play some Seven Dust and Orgy. Um, you know, I mean. I, I mean holy water is an absolute fucking ripper that is by far the best song on the album that is genuinely really really good i mean i was listening to the album and it was just kind of making me i don't know just kind of feel kind of fizzy and warm and then i started chuckling and i'm like i'm actually having a really good time listening to this you know every kind of every song does that kind of you know, new metal flat pack furniture thing. Slot A goes into slot B. And here comes slot C. Here comes the breakdown, kids. Here it comes. Here comes the big chorus. And it's, uh, you know... Oh, here comes the big seven-string riff. And it, it's all there. All the mm-hmm. kind of plot points are there. And it's like... It's it's, it's decent kind of metal music. The, the, the thing that interests me is like... who Who buys... A new Seven Dust album in 2023. Who is this getting marketed towards? Because obviously they, they were one of the bands that never split. You know, they, they did a Papa Roach. They just kept, just, just kept going, mate. Just kept going. You know, I mean, who, who could you package Seven Dust with on a tour well, they... to, to kind of get some feet through the door in 2023?
0: Wait. Here's the thing that I think when I listen to this, right, is that, I mean, yeah, you're right, you know, like I don't think kind of 14 albums in, you should expect to be like absolutely shocked by what you're going to get from a Seven Dust album. You know you're going to get a Seven Dusty thing. And it's like Lejean's voice is incredible. And I think, you know, like you quite rightly say, like song-wise, they've kind of, it's a funny one because, because his voice is so good, and because that means that they're not as. They are heavy, but they're not as kind of openly aggressive as a band like, you know, you mentioned Spine Shank, or you, if you chucked in Cold Chamber, or. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other bands that came around around that, that, that time I suppose Papa Roach actually are, are quite a good kind of example maybe yeah. even like you know the kind of Linkin Park thing as well but I think they've gone into a world where they've ended up playing with bands like Godsmack and yeah. Alter Bridge and more of this kind of um, I know it's a bit of a kind of horrible terminology for it but butt rock kind of thing right yeah so they've gone more into the kind of butt rock realm yeah and i think it's weird to see them there and i guess the reason that they've ended up there is because it is new metal essentially like like you say like and new metal's having this really big renaissance at the moment isn't it so yeah. like this big kind of 90 everything kind of 90s base is having a bit of a renaissance at the moment and 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 has done for a while i suppose but you know you get the first really big bang on the album is the title track where yeah. it's got almost a sort of gente riff like they, they've gone a bit more for that modern gente metalcore thing which is not usually something i like you know at all but that's normally because i don't think they have the sort of vocalist to back it up i mean is Lejon a better singer than the guy from sleep token i think he is oh streets ahead I think he definitely yeah. is. Like I think he's a better vocalist than, and, and, you know, the guy from Bad Omens, I think yeah. he's definitely a, a better I, vocalist than the guy from Bad Omens.
1: I think Lejeune's a better vocalist now than he was, you know, 20 years ago.
0: Maybe. I mean, I, I genuinely think, think you know, he is. I genuinely think he, he is. He sounded fucking great. I mean, those first seven albums, that was the selling point. Yeah, really. that was their X um, Factor, really. Yeah. And I, I think they've got You know, I love... There's something called Everything, which I think is massive. Big hard rock banger. Very big chorus. So instant. You know, won't stop the bleeding. Like, it's got this groove. There's quite, again, quite gently sound as well. And and LJ sounds... He sounds great because he can actually sing. Unlike so many metal vocalists, he can actually sing. But when, like I say, when he does do that fucking gruff vocal, he sounds really fucking good as well. And, you know... Who's this for? I mean, it's for people that are discovering new metal. I think for I think there's a bunch of young people who are going back to like discover Lincoln Park and Papa Roach and Corn and Deftones for the first time now, and they might want to hear new music from, like I say, the kind of elder statesman Even though you know Seven Dust were never as big as any of those bands, no, I think no. they do actually have something of an X factor to them due to the fact that they have such a good vocalist. Yeah. Because they've got such a great singer in yeah. their band. I think that gives them something else. And like I say, you know, Seven Dust, Self-Titled and Home, I, I really, really loved both those albums when they came out. I remember Animosity coming out and being a bit like, okay, it's 2001 now and that stuff was things that I'm less interested in. And then... I kind of checked out for a little while probably I remember buying next in 2005 and then actually like I say so I'm doing it I'd been doing it every like every five years I'd buy a seven dust album you know (laughs) and I remember seeing them play it download in 2009 as well and they were they were they were great they were really really good and they haven't really changed Is this record essential? I mean, the thing is, I wouldn't know because I haven't listened to enough of all of their material to really tell you if this is an essential album. But if you are listening to this podcast and you feel like listening to a heavy record but with really big hooks and you don't know what to listen to, that's just, you can stick on and be like, fuck me, this is really catchy, it's really groovy, it's really bouncy this is a good album, you know, it is a good album, it's a it's a, it's a good, like you said, it's a fun time to listen to. Yeah. We've got three artists coming up who are, I'd say genuinely quite challenging. Maybe not necessarily at this point in time, but over their careers, oh, yeah. they have all been yeah. genuinely, genuinely quite challenging artists, right? Mm. Now, I don't think this is meant to be that, and I don't think no. this is that. No. But what it does give you, I think is a kind of like you say a kind of instantaneous nostalgic feel or you know the, the kind of the illusion of, of nostalgia if you're a young person and you're trying to kind of get into new metal for the first time and it's a slightly different flavor to that and you know, like I say, the, the the songs are good. For the majority of this record, I would yeah. say the songs are good. I think the title track went to stop the bleeding. I think everything's brilliant. You mentioned Holy Water. Yeah, Holy Water Holy
1: Water's wonderful. It's a great yeah. just, it's just a great fucking rock song. Mm. Like
0: a, I think ju- Fence, the last song is really yeah, really good. Yeah, Fence as well. is
1: great. Um it's perfectly, you know, kind of serviceable, but and i I I will always I will always respect any bands that just kept on going. And as, what would you say as was? Their 15th? 14th, I believe. 14th, you know. It's yeah. a lot of albums, man. That's a lot of fucking albums. And, you know, fair fucking play to them. And, I'm sure they'll get some, you know, get some like decent support slots, you know, supporting, I think you mentioned Alter Bridge and stuff like that. I can see them go down mm-hmm. a storm. I could see them going down a storm with like, the you know, the Planet Rock crowd. Because there's enough melody in these heavy songs for you know for the you know the bully billy bullet belt fucking brigade to go <laughs> oh yeah i quite like this rather rather than just going oh it's heavy shit eh, you know
0: i think they should be going for the modern metalcore crowd i think they should be going for that spirit box really sleep token yeah 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 i do i do okay i do i think they should be going for uh, that kind of spirit box I sleep think, token no, I bad omens crowd i don't think they would though I don't think they would they probably wouldn't because they're an older band that's the uh, thing that's the thing fuckers. it's just like yeah,
1: old fogies so they'll just play with you know Bridge or Nickelback or you know um, or, or, or do a combined tour with with um... oh god what what was Joseph Scott's band? <laughs> saliva. Do you know saliva. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think what? I think
0: that's a shame because oh well, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think because a lot of those, you know, someone like, like Sleep Token obviously have quite a high opinion of themselves. They, they hide it well though. <laughs> well, they hide everything very well, uh, <laughs> including their uh, songwriting ability. Yeah, um, and yeah, um, including their teeth. Yeah, uh. and uh, they do, and they. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think they maybe think they're a bit too good. I, I would imagine they probably think they're a bit too clever and to be, you know, playing with a quote-unquote new metal band. But I actually think I would probably take, I don't know, probably, I would, I would take sort of Seven Dust over oh, the majority God, yeah. of those yeah, bands. Yeah, of course. You know? Because they just really got yeah. a genuinely good much, much better vocalist than yeah. any of them, frankly. Yeah. Uh, Truth Killer by Seven Dust is out right now. You know, it's good. Um, let's talk about one of your favourites I've, I've bumped this up Oh, Guide, guided, by, guided by voices it's called Welsh Paul Frillies this is the 38th fuck me 38th <laughs> album from the cult indie rockers the follow up to yeah. this year's La La Land. <laughs> it's only fucking July uh, which I haven't heard in fact it's great I've not heard any of their albums ever
1: I'm not you know I'm not angry I'm just just disappointed just a little bit disappointed well, But as is- as we've spoken about before I think we spoke about it when I when I came on and did my top 5 of the year last year we were saying like, where the fuck do you start like with well, the four no where idea. the fuck yeah exactly exactly yeah.
0: it's hard man. So it's hard. I I don't know this is the very first Girl of my voices I've ever listened to so I cannot say where I think it should sit in their discography I'll let you give me the hard sell in a second but here's what I will say I think they are a very cool-sounding band, yeah. just on the evidence of this record. Uh, Gaz, go on. Tell me well, about Guided by Voices. Well, you know,
1: with with great power comes great great responsibility. Well, obviously, when 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 you said, "Oh, you know, we're going to do the new GBV album," I was initially a bit scared to kind of review. A guarded by voices album because it's like what the fuck can you say that hasn't been said, you know? I mean, like you said, it's like you know, it's a thirty-eighth album, but like Robert Pollard, you know, who is essentially, He is guarded by voices, you know. Even though this this lineup's been together now for I think for about eight nine years, Like Robert Pollard has released over hundred and twenty albums in his career in various guises, right? Fucking insane. So what I, 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 you know, um, I I got a bit scared about oh reviewing a guided by voices so what i did i i, I went to uh, a very old friend of mine a guy called barnaby hodges hi barney um he was the guy that got me into guided by voices he's the guy he is the oracle when it comes to guided by voices yeah so you know he he he, he kind of you know held my hand should we say I mean, you know, first thing I'd say, you know, it's, it's another week. It's another God of Our Voices album. But, you know, a, a band that kind of commands an almost cult-like devotion, despite never truly making it. They had that little few years in the at the end of the alt rock boom, when bands like Sonic Youth and Pavement were getting on fucking, you know... Um, uh like you know, uh T V shit you know, been on Letterman and stuff like that. Mental thinking that now. You know, mm-hmm. they had their you know you know, w like you know, the frequency of releases may give that may give off the whiff of almost disposability. You know, the level of consistency of this band, especially over the last fifteen years, is crazy. I mean there's a there's a very famous quote that 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 says like, you know, um Robert Pollard sits on the toilet, takes a shit, and by the time he's finished, he's already written ten songs, and six of them will be amazing. (laughs) You know, know, it's 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 stadium indie rock. You know, it's an utterly just fucking deliriously delightful songwriting, all recorded live in in the studio. This album, you know, like they're celebrating their fortieth anniversary this year, and I do genuinely think this is this is one of their strongest albums. Ooh, since last year, you know. Fucking hell. <laughs>
0: Seven albums ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no, It is though. No, you know.
1: But i um, no, I would say this is probably their strongest since uh I don't know, probably um Zeppelin over China, which was which was the fucking double album, you know, in twenty nineteen. Um it's you know, meet the star into Cruisers Cross into Romeo Surgeon. You know those first three tracks, especially Romeo mm. Surgeon. Oh, yeah, you know it's, it's incredible, amazing. kind of propulsive, fucking everything that I want out of it, everything that I always adored about indie rock is contained within those three songs. You know the the riff on Romeo Surgeon, that ba 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 ba. You know it's it's
0: sounds like versus era Pearl Jam playing sort of flirting with pavement. I
1: think. Yeah, yeah. That's good, yeah. That's good, a that's good hype sticker.
0: Thank you. I like that, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I, I mean, from the start, I was like, this is just the full meets R.E.M. really, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Who wouldn't want that? Exactly right.
0: I know. I was yeah. straight in on it. I was like, this is dead good. I mean, yeah. Cruises Cross, you mentioned as well, full-on Bob Mould. Yeah. You get a teenage fan club to it. Yeah. The shit that, you know, I mean, ultimately, yeah, I think, you know, Awake Man sounds like Pretend We're Dead by L7 because we're <laughs> young on vocals. Yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Johnson, that kind of lo-fi acoustic thing, which could be yeah. a bit Daniel Johnson, a bit yeah. kind of Elliot Smithy.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it, it's just, you know, pop, like, really kind of... But it's pop, it's, it's pop though. Dumping, You know, yeah. he's, he's
1: obsessed with the Beatles. He always yeah. writes pop books, even no matter how weird, you know, there is some weird fucking God of My Voices shit out there that I've heard, you know, there's always that you know pop hook. It's always got you know he's he's always had got that obsession. You know he 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 has like an almost un- Robert Pollard's you know Uncle Bob as the GBV, and he, GBV Army call him. You know he's got that he's on that unending quest to write the perfect pop song. That's his quest, and he'll do that you know for the end of his days. I think he gets pretty damn close um, on you know some of the stuff on you know on on this album you know Meet the Star it's it's just a, a wonderful way for the album to open Better Odds Rust Belt Boogie Don't Blow Your Dream Job when it kind of slows down into that almost drony bit Don't Blow Your Dream Job it's yeah, yeah Awake Man is, is
0: mm. oh, I love Awake Man it's oh, great it's yeah.
1: great isn't it it's yeah. you know and I'm, I'm so glad that you know you you guys, because I I know you like your you know your indie rock and you know a bit a bit more kind of sort of left field kind of indie rock you know a bit of that pavement and stuff like that and I was so stoked when you messaged back going I dig this this is great
0: I do um, I mean I think this is obviously you know it's it's weird one for me to get a review I guess because I think this is obviously an album later in the day from a band that I think I would really like yeah right they're a band that I can go well look if this is thirty eight albums in yeah. I'm having a lovely time listening to this you know I don't know enough to say obviously where it fits within that 38 (laughs) album run that's the fucking
1: I'm the wrong person to speak to about that (laughs) but what I would say to you is now start with this and go backwards from here because you will like at least the previous dozen since they reformed in 2017 you will you will get something out of every one of those albums even though that's about Twelve or something. Fifteen. <laughs> so uh, mad. You know. That time. includes two double albums, I think, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is, it is, it is yeah.
0: there, like you say, you know, this is um there is that little run then it really did remind me of like a Beatles album, Animal Concentrate, Cats and Heat, Mother Mirth. Yeah. Which yeah. which is what like six minutes seven minutes yeah. of music yeah. in over three songs and yeah. you're like oh they've just gone bang 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 like you know bass heavy kind of thumpy really kind of lovely melodic jangly indie alt rock yeah. and i was like yeah fucking brilliant and they don't you know there's 15 tracks on here yeah. and yet it is only 41 minutes yeah. long yeah right yeah. um so they rattle through stuff and I think that's really cool because when you making those kind of illusions and comparisons to something like sonic youth I was like are we gonna be here or I saw had 15 songs there. I was like are we gonna be here until fucking Thursday <laughs> 25 then, minute
1: wig outs yeah. yeah yeah
0: I can't have that um but I'm glad it's not it's it's oh. it's not that at all uh it's called Welsh pole frilly Welsh pool not yeah. Welsh pole, Welsh pool frillies by guided by voices and um yeah, we'll be checking them out some more. Pick Please do, mate. Beginner's Guide at some point, maybe.
1: That's a great idea. That's a wonderful mm-hmm. idea. I'm pretty sure there's a third album coming out before Christmas as well. So,
0: Beginner's Guide to Guided by Voices circa 2021 <laughs> to 2023. <laughs> I think we might have to do it
1: in there. Eras, mate. I think we might have to. <laughs> it's Fair too enough. much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Now, Magic 2 by Nas, the 16... 16- 16th studio album for Nas. 16 albums in now.
2: Yeah.
0: And people still going about Illmatic, which is understandable, really, <laughs> yeah. that people do that, as it is that fucking good. <laughs> uh, when we were right Act, back in 2021, we reviewed King's Disease 2. Since that came out, there's been a, a bit like, guided, not quite like Guide of My Voices, but since 2021, when we reviewed King's Disease 2, there's been King's Disease 3 and then Magic Part 1 and now here is Magic Part 2 so Nas himself as well smashing the albums out oh, yeah. quite a lot of albums you know at this point he's very being very very prolific recently Um, King's Disease 2 got really good reviews I wasn't that fussed by it save for that very excellent feature by Lauren Hill I don't know if you heard that but she's on one of those songs fucking
1: No, really I didn't hear that album at all so-
0: to okay. be honest um, Nas is like for me one of the ultimate up and down like hip hop artists of the 90s and beyond he can be great sometimes he can be I think quite trying sometimes as well there are hold on I'm going to sneeze I probably should edit this out nah fuck oh, no, I'm not going to I'm actually not going to hey. hey. there he <laughs> is oh fucking hey. hell right? he gets <laughs> snuck up on me you bastard. I think I just saw your
1: uh, <laughs> laptop shake.
0: <laughs> oh, dearie me. Yeah, sorry. Nas can, <laughs> can be the ultimate kind of hit and miss rapper. I think when he's good. He's incredible. He can be, uh, I don't know what the word is, but a little bit just sort of, I think he, some stuff just gets kind of put out. And it's like, oh yeah, that'll do. Um, so after King's Disease 2, I was like, I'm not going to go mad on listening to the other two things. But, you know, this this came along and I thought yeah we should probably we should probably cover it um, because you know this worth a listen isn't it mm. and I'm going to stop short of saying that this album is great because cr- great we know what great means in in the hands of this gentleman yeah. but I think this is a very 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 good Nas album very good It not it
1: it's a lot of fun isn't it it's a lot of fun <laughs> It's everything a nineties hip hop head could require, yeah. and and again, it's a very short, succinct album. It's like just a shade over half hour. Um,
0: yep, just shy of thirty two minutes. Yep, um, it's, per-
1: it's it's perfect. Um, it's, it's great because literally, it, 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 I start it when I leave my house and it finishes just as I arrive at work. It's fucking wonderful. <laughs> Every, Lovely stuff. Yeah, it's great. Um, I mean, now you know. He'll always remain like the you know the lyrical kind of wizard, you know, nostalgic but kind of forward thinking. And not you know, ilmatic. I mean, he, he, I'm sure he kind of has grown to kind of love it and stuff now. But it did remain that um, kind of very heavy thing around his neck. Let's put it that way. So much to the point that he did he did like a sequel to it in the early nineties called Stillmatic, which is fucking rubbish. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's awful. one of the ones, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely it. terrible. I mean, I, I love. I've always loved, you know, his 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 rhymes and his flow. But like, you know, the nostalgic rhymes of you know, you got you, he he rhymes about Questlove, Flavor Flav, Eric B. and Rakim, Dumb and Dumber, Miami Vice, and Brian Cranston. All Neil them, Young? I suppose, Neil Young, yeah. You know, it's it's fucking pop culture heaven, and it's it's kind of everything I want from from one of. The old school kind of '90s brigades in regards to something new. You know, th- this album is fucking streets ahead of that last Public Enemy album. Oh god, that yeah. that border on fucking embarrassing. This is not embarrassing at all. I think there was some genuine kind of there, there was some genuine you know great stuff. And you know, Office Hours with Fifty Cent, man, that's a, that's a certified banger.
0: Oh, when I mean, Finny turns up on that, oh, Wait, there he is.
1: There he, there he is. Yeah, avoiding those you bottles, know, are you? Yeah,
0: I mean. <laughs> It's really great. You know, like you say, that is proper, wicked, old school, yeah. kind of strutting drag. Yeah. I think Abracadabra is you know, oh,
1: yeah, with the first
0: song proper. You, know, you yeah. get a, a couple of bouncy ones back together. I think going through it track by track, Black Magic's okay. Uh, that wasn't one of the better ones. But then I think you get two fucking killer ones back to back. Motion oh, is really best dark song the and album, full of man. threat.
1: Best song on the album.
0: I think it's my third favourite because I Ooh, think okay. it immediately is usurped by... Bochim Woodbine with that kind of orchestration yeah. meets kind of ragger You're thing. Ragga, yeah. yeah. Neil Young, but with Bounce. It's fucking great. Yeah. I think the best song on it is what this really means. It is oh, fucking yeah, that, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like it bobs and it weaves and the beat and the hook. And, you know, Nas reminiscing on his career and all of his yeah. achievements, calling this his third prime yeah. I like that yeah I like I'd that like it's to, my yeah. third prime great um, yeah man it's 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 Pist- really good
1: P- Pistols Pistols on your album cover as well It's decent yeah. that's silver medal for me because it, it basically cause, because it pays homage to Boogie Down Productions who I fucking yeah. adore I'm like yeah sold home run take yeah. my money was
0: well, it the hardest shit scene since Rakim and Eric B yeah uh, I murdered I murder. well I can't say what he says but I murdered gentlemen on <laughs> wax and forget where they buried Like <laughs> I love that shit. so good talking about yeah. like Tupac, oh, pack our two pack came to the studio and did the. yeah like, it's it's really cool and again it kind of it looks back but you've also got um you know like the final track which i think is actually only just a bonus track but it's got 21 savage on it one mic one gun it's not yeah, the best but it's great you think like really this like is a kind of yeah i think it's a decent meld of like yeah new and old yeah know? Completely. And I think he kind of, he can, it shows he can kind of, he's thinking about that and he can live with that as well. Like he can you yeah. kind of live with some of the, the younger artists. Um, shouts out Jay Diller on Urban Magic Johnson as well, mm. which I think is cool. Yeah, um, yeah man. I mean, it's funny because I think the last few Nas albums have just been him doing a lot of that. Oh man, like I grew up here and I did this then and do you remember when that happened? And that could, I think that could have been like a quite a risky thing to do. Yeah. I think it could have been quite a risky thing in, in the hands of certain artists to be like, oh, back in the day when we were doing this and, you know, because often it turns into like rappers now are fucking shit and back in the day we were proper, right? And you're just like, oh, all right, come on. <laughs> Chuck D moan about drones or something. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. need that. But um, yeah. but he doesn't. He makes it feel like he's kind of sitting down and you're taking like a tour through his neighborhood, which yeah. I think he went for on that King's disease as well. Mm and got it right a little bit but too much of it I think like the songs just weren't that interesting mm. I think there's at least I mean how many tracks is this it's like 10 uh, tracks right? 11, 10, the... 11. Yeah. yeah I reckon 8 of these are proper bangers.
1: yeah I think it's I think it's really really strong it and it's it's I've, I've listened to it a lot and I liked it a lot more than I thought I was I was like oh yeah I and Nas album okay here we go. And I was like, yeah, I like this. Fucking ace, It's man. a proper it's really bit good. of me. It's a proper bit of me. Just yeah. old school 90s hip hop, done right. Take note, it- Chuck D. <laughs>
0: yeah. Magic uh. 2 by Nas. That's out now. Very good. I mean, you know, I sort of checked out after the other two. I wasn't all that fast, but I think it's, um he's hit and miss, undoubtedly, but this is good. This is yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, Let's have our final review. Don't Let Your Love Life Get You Down by J. Jail. is where we're going to end. Second full-length album from the Kentucky-based project of uh, multi-instrumentalist Evan Patterson. It's a follow-up to his excellent 2020 album, Prison, which was in my top 20 albums of the year back when it was released. I don't know if you've heard that album, Gaz.
1: No, I haven't. It's really great. I will it's definitely really cool. be going back to it after this album. Mm. So, is it's this an album? Was a
0: mini album? It's only eight tracks in it, so it's only eight tracks. But it's, but I mean, it's long enough to be an album, isn't it? In terms of length, I guess it's just about mm. kind of long enough. I'm, I'm thinking to be, it says album. I mean, it's 38 minutes long, so it's the, it's the second longest album that we're doing this week. <laughs> Fair. So I, I guess it, I guess it is, um, or is it? I oh, know, no, it's, yeah, it's longer than an hour's album, put it that way. Um, so Prison really got its claws into me. When I first heard it, I thought it was cool. I thought it was pretty cool. It was kind of post, again, a band you're not really supposed to be talking about, but in a post-daughter's world. Um, after that album came out from that particular band that everyone was so delighted with. And, it, you know, it was quite an incredible album at the time. Uh, it seemed... For me to get the exact midpoint between kind of that ghosting Nick Cave, Black Star, David Bowie, a little bit of Iggy Pop, and that very, very harsh sounding underground noise rock thing that was going on. And I thought he balanced that kind of darkness, melancholy, melody, threat, and just anger really, really well. This particular album doesn't go into such dark sonic territories, I think, as, as Prison did, but it's still very good. Um, Warm Blood and Honey, the opening song, it reminds me a little bit of, in terms of the difference um, of the uh, of, of this album and the previous album, you could say if Prison was Caligula, then Bilingual Nota, then this is kind of Sinner get ready I don't know how familiar you are with Lingering noters back catalogue particularly Gaz but Mm. but, you know that's one incredibly harsh sounding record and then more of a kind of brighter kind of folksy sounding record Um, and I think this has a bit of this has a bit of that you know tribal rhythms kind of a a deep Americana a lot of sadness a lot of darkness but also bright kind of synthy soundscapes that kinda of cut through and, and quite just gorgeous melodies as well. Um and I was like, oh fuck, like bit different, but I was I was pretty in on it pretty early on, to be honest. How about you?
1: So I, I fucking adore this.
0: Do you? I thought you were
1: yeah. I mean, you know, the sound the sound of divorce and devastating heartbreak you know it's like oh. yeah Warm Blood and Honey yeah with that gorgeous kind of I don't know bluesy gospel Americana but you know Shades of Nick, of Nick Cave and the, the harmony kind of interplay on the vocals is like yeah just invokes like all the pain caused by loss it's there's a lot of darkness and feeling, and you, and you, and it kind of, it totally comes across, you know, in the music. But then the party of redemption, that, that was the point when I was like, I'm fully in on this. You know, it it sounds like a shoegaze song played by Depeche Mode, to me. Yeah, you yeah. know, but I mean, or, or, or like a or yeah. funereal like, drag. Yeah, you know, it, 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 yeah, either shoegaze played by Depeche Mode or Nick Cave fronting Loop if you've ever heard yeah. loop
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah it's little uh, bit yeah
0: who Lovely. recommended them to me and I uh, I'd love to was say
1: you no I'd love to say it was oh. me but probably not Some no yeah okay. great band um yeah yeah like yeah kind of took the words off my notes yeah it just sounds like a funeral march and it's like I don't know you're confronting those feelings like just just head on and it just weaved itself into my head. Hmm. And it's it's yeah, you know, it's it, it's wonderful. Yeah, black diamonds and bad apples, man, it's a pure yeah. kind of highway blues with like elect those beautiful light almost distorted electro drums hmm. underneath. A bit of um it reminded me a bit of like Bonnie Prince Billy.
0: Yeah, I've not your, really listened to uh, loads of Bonnie Prince Billy, but yeah. I know know like that that's Prince, it's, it's yeah. a similar sort of thing. I mean, mate, for me, it was when that snake bite came in, it really reminded me mm. of I kind of somebody's knocking era mark lanagan yeah and like, he goes of course, for like, Lanig-
1: yeah of course yeah there's there's a yeah, lot of a it's lot of, much yeah,
0: more lanagan yeah. yeah. this. so maybe it's just because he's been on my mind quite a lot recently yeah. but you know the kind of almost industrial synth throb mixed with really kind of deep sorrowful bleak sounding americana is fucking great mm. my favorite song on the record is waiting for my life or wait waiting for the life i should say
2: yeah
0: which almost gets to like cult of luna-esque yeah kind of heaviness yeah. um but not really sonically heavy it just feels like so you just feel so kind of like crushed by it because it it's this beautifully strained pained smoky vocal with these chiming synth parts and this like striding plod of those rhythms that kind of relentlessly striding plod but it has got just the most glorious melody behind it and just the like really kind of catchy elegiac sing along i absolutely fucking love that song man i love it i think the two that come after it the florist which is cool uh, and when we are dogs which is the longest one that's about seven and a half minutes i think i think by the time you get to the the kind of black star-esque sacks and brass that kind of you know discordant sacks that close it all love it it's quite scary sounding it's really (laughs) good but i think it does peak with waiting for the life which is just a fucking i just think is absolutely amazing like it's such a brilliant brilliant song and you mentioned body prince billy he's actually on the last song when we are dogs
1: oh okay there you go mm. there you go
0: yeah um yeah i mean for really, me really
1: good
0: i think i just would plump still for prison over this because i think oh, is fucking okay. incredible but he is great M. Yeah. Patterson. and it, it, yeah. like he is he is really great and this is a
1: quite prolific fucking... then quite prolific soon in uh not, not guided by voices levels, obviously, but what? you know. So, did you say it come out last year?
0: No, no, twenty twenty. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, yeah. So, sorry. for some reason, I thought you said it was Ramsay the year, the year last year. Okay. He's no, done a couple of uh, other. He's like, just a lazy singles. bastard. Then one hour in three years, bollocks.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I think did I even not get that right. That it's his first or second. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, yeah. I, I, like he's fucking really good i'm mm. glad you like this mate
1: i really like this i'm definitely going to be checking out previous for dude. sure i should be really Yeah, I, sh- I should be on that mate i should be on that early next week
0: yeah and if you haven't guys if you haven't done that do yourself a favor you would really really have the most lovely time so the album is called don't yet let your love life get you down it's quite a literal kind of title i think and it's it's a Basically, Mm. about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a fucking heartbreak record.
1: It's it's what they call a Ron Seal title. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It really is. Um, Anyway, thanks very much for listening, guys. That is it for us for this week. Uh, We might have a little surprise podcast coming for you quite soon. I won't say any more than that. Uh, But if not, then we'll see you next week. Like I say, go over to patreon.com forward slash true cop pop and you can sign up for our exclusive content over there. We will see you next week. Um, Don't know what we're doing next week. There's something maybe in the pipeline, but mm. not sure if it's going to happen yet. So we'll see, but it might be quite an exciting one next week. Might be a rewind, a re-ewind when the crowd say Bo Selector. <laughs> might be. Oh, I've been shot. Can everyone stop yeah. getting shot? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. See you later, chaps. We'll be back soon.